0: What's going on guys, we got another episode of Four Quarters Podcast brought to you by Cesspool Network, a network of podcasts about music, television, style, the pros and cons of things, and of course, this basketball podcast. Keep it locked, it's Four Quarters. Keep in mind, I'm recording this on a Wednesday night. A lot of things I say will be a reflection of that. Right now, I'm currently watching... The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Boston Celtics. It is the fourth quarter of that game and the Celtics are down by 20 points. I am going to be completely honest with you guys. I did not see this coming. This is something that I've been talking about for a while in terms of, you know, this being one of my favorite matchups in these semifinals in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what's going on. I mean I do know what's going on. Obviously we can all see it. We can see that Milwaukee's just being dominant. They're the better team of these series. Kyrie Irving has had a roller coaster performance in most of these games throughout these these uh these semi conference finals. Giannis has been a beast. What else is there really to say about Giannis he's unguardable there's no one on the Boston Celtics that can make sure this guy is not getting to the rim and easily laying the ball up at will I am completely completely shocked about the outcome or what's going on in the series rather I expect that Milwaukee will close this game out as of Wednesday night Milwaukee is clearly the better team Despite what I've said, I really am looking forward to seeing the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals against, I'm going to go ahead and, and pick uh, Toronto. I believe Toronto's who I've been going for, for my prediction out of that series. Hopefully, I'm not wrong about that either. I think a Milwaukee versus Toronto matchup would be pretty interesting. I would expect Kawhi to guard Giannis, or if not, someone who, maybe uh, maybe Siakam. I don't really anticipate Ibaka being able to do that just because of Giannis's quickness and his lateral swiftness. So I would I would think that uh Toronto's coach would definitely assign uh Kawhi the task to guard Giannis in that situation. One thing I will say about the Raptors series right now. I again I'm not a believer in the seventy sixers. I think they have moments of brilliance and I also think they have moments where They look like a team that doesn't belong in the NBA playoffs. I'm not a believer in Jimmy Butler. I'm not a believer in Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid confuses me. He makes me upset by the things that he does. Yesterday, he was seen looking at the stat sheet on the bench. Well, not yesterday, but the last game, rather. Looking at the stat sheet on the bench, Charles Barkley completely tore him a new one about that. And rightfully so, you should not be looking at the stat sheet while your team is being destroyed, what are you looking at the statue for? Are you you trying to see, like, oh, am I getting a triple-double tonight? Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? So I don't – I've never been a Joel Embiid fan. I'm not a hater, but I just don't like his his demeanor. He reminds me of a Dwight Howard, although he Dwight Howard is very likable. Joel Embiid also – can come off as likable, but he has some very head-scratching moments. So, with that being said, I thoroughly expect Toronto to close out this series and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Switching gears to the Western Semi-Conference Finals in regards to this series of Portland and Denver Denver kind of just coming off this amazing win in their last game against Portland, 124-98. to Denver, Denver is just one of those teams that surprises me every time. I don't know why. I guess because I haven't really paid close enough attention to them during the regular season. I mean, obviously, they're a number two seed for a reason. They're stacked with talent. They have a great coaching staff. They have guys that play unselfishly. They have a few guys who you can absolutely rely on. Uh, Nikola Jokic being one of those guys who is an extremely intelligent passing big man, also a very methodical scorer. Jokic in in that last game, he played thirty four minutes, twenty five points you got a guy like Millsap who who's a, a seasoned veteran giving you 24 points in that game as well. Jamal Murray, 18 points in 33 minutes. When you got five guys, six guys in double figures, it's just it's just a recipe for for success. I mean, and you're not turning the ball over. You have guys on the floor at all times who are able to distribute the ball in a very intelligent manner you're going to be out in front. Now, Portland side, they didn't really have that many guys contributing points-wise. Damian Lillard, of course, is always going to get his. He had 22 in 32 minutes. Rodney Hood, who's who's kind of stepped up a lot throughout these playoffs, he only had 14. And you look at what really sticks out to me when I look at this box score is C.J. McCollum, who only had 12 points in 28 minutes. Now, if you're starting and your name is C.J. McCollum, you have to contribute more you absolutely have to you are part of this backcourt tandem this awesome backcourt tandem with with your partner Lillard you got to make sure you're showing up there's no there's no excuse to have under 20 points this is the NBA playoffs this is the semi conference finals in the west you can't do that absolutely not it's inexcusable and i think a lot of a lot of that goes to you know maybe some some jitters okay which is understandable these guys are still young I think McCullum and Lillard are you know despite being so young still are seasoned guys when it comes to playoffs and and knowing what it takes to win you can't keep getting knocked out in the second round you can't keep getting knocked down the first round you keep coming here and granted, this is probably Portland's best season in a while. They're a three seed, you know, led by Lillivin McCollum. You have the addition of Innis Cantor via the Knicks waving him and Portland picking him up. He's been a real spark coming off the bench. You've seen him kind of kind of bring his his whole heart and soul into this game. That's gotta be very inspiring for the rest of the team. I'm still, even though Denver's up 3-2 at this point, I'm still going to go with Portland. I think Portland can will their way back into this series and close it out uh, within the next two games. I'm not completely worried. Portland is going to be on their home court on the ninth, So I uh, completely expect them to win that game. The last game, Game 7, is going to be at Denver. So that's going to be the real test. So if Portland makes it out, obviously they're going to have to face the winner of this next this next matchup that I'm about to get into being uh, Golden State and the Rockets, who are tied as of Wednesday at 2-2. And they're scheduled to play tonight, Wednesday night at 10-30. I'm on the East Coast. I'm not going to be able to to finish that game. Unfortunately, all of my West Coast listeners, you guys have the luxury of of seeing a game at, at like seven o'clock. So you know, good for you guys out here in the on the East Coast. Things are a little rough right now. It's a little after ten o'clock on a school night, <laughs> on a work night. So I think Golden State. The thing that sticks out to me the most is Kevin Durant's ability to continue to play at such a high level night in and night out in these playoffs. He's been their guy. Without him, I don't think they win any of these games that they've won. He's just been amazing, 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 amazing. The thing that really shocks me as well is Klay Thompson. If you're you're Steve Kerr, you got to be a little worried about that. I mean, that's not that's not something that's going to happen every night, but you absolutely expect Kevin Durant to be on clicking on all cylinders each game. You absolutely expect Steph Curry to be clicking on all cylinders each game. Clay's kind of that X factor. You know, if he's scoring 15 plus, you're absolutely going to win. I mean, obviously James Harden has just just been another guy in this series who's had the spotlight on him. And obviously he's been trying to make a case for getting more fouls called, calling into line more and you know he he has been injured had that eye injury looking really bloody and and crazy at the hands of Draymond Green literally he is getting hit a lot when you complain about those calls it's kind of it's going to kind of make the referees a little more standoffish or or hesitant to, to give you those calls so you have to continue to just be quiet and and let the refs officiate those games but What sticks out to me definitely is James Harden's scoring ability. He continues to score at a high level. What worries me is Chris Paul. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's taken out of his element. He's being guarded very well. Or he's tired of guarding Steph Curry. Or any of these other strong, speedy guards around the league. You have to get better production out of Chris Paul. Because if you don't, this is going to be a long series. This is going to be a very long series. So I expect Golden State to pull this this Game 5 out. It is on their home floor. I don't see why they would lose this one. I, I think Clay Thompson is going to come back shooting with a vengeance. I think Curry is going to continue to um, score the ball at will, as KD will continue to do so as well. Again, I'm sticking with my prediction of, of Golden State pulling this series out. I do think this is going to go six or seven games. You know, this being the fifth game Wednesday night, I definitely see it going seven and uh, Golden State has that advantage because if it does go seven, they will be playing on their home court. So outside of the NBA playoffs, obviously, we have some some dealings and, and talks going on, mostly talks of uh, upper management stuff. Tyrone Lu, as we know, has been in talks with the Los Angeles Lakers for that head coaching position as of Wednesday night. Those talks have ended without an agreement to make him the franchise's next head coach. Tyrone Liu and his people basically turned down the Lakers, who did give him an offer on Tuesday. The team also on Wednesday offered Tyrone Liu a deal in the range of three years and $18 million. Based on sources close to the situation, Tyrone Liu's camp was looking for a five-year deal with the salary that basically a salary of a champion you know Tyron Lue did bring home that chip in, in 2016 uh, with LeBron and the Cavaliers this is a little surprising to me because I thought that Lue Tyronn Lue was a shoo-in for the head coaching position based on his ties obviously to LeBron James so to see this is is a little baffling I don't know why LA would sort of penny pinch like this when they obviously need to fill that head coaching spot in a hurry with someone who knows what they're doing so it's just it's going to be it's going to be interesting offseason for the Lakers and they're going to see them make some make some moves, try to get some some good bench players. Probably clear some more cap space to get to sign some more guys. I mean, I think right now they do have enough cap space. They could get a max player. Hopefully, they're hoping to get to draw on some some really good talent. Which brings me to my next topic of Clay Thompson and Durant possibly leaving the Golden State Warriors. There's been a lot of speculation and talk about Durant possibly heading to Lakers or the Knicks, more so the latter just because of a lot of the uh the talk around the league from from agents who pretty much say that's a done deal for Durant to land in Madison Square Garden. Clay on the other hand, there's been speculation of him Going to the Lakers, so that could be interesting as well. The Lakers do need a shooter to complement LeBron, who comes into the paint and spaces the floor for guys to knock down threes. My take on it is that Clay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Clay will leave. I think uh, I think for him, he's kind of been attached to Golden State attached to Steph Curry. He may, at this point, if he does win another championship, want to prove later on in his career at this point that he can win without Golden State, without Steph Curry, without Durant. So it wouldn't surprise me if he did leave. And I think the Lakers would be an attractive landing spot for him. As far as Durant, me being a Knicks fan, I'm super biased. I believe he will come to the Knicks although I don't think that's enough to help the Knicks get over that hump and make it to the playoffs and make it deep I do think they need another scorer as far as I know they have enough cap space to fill a slot for another max player hopefully Kyrie Irving we do need a guard I wouldn't be mad at Kemba Walker And, of course, we land Zion. I feel like that could be enough, but we also do need some guys to come off the bench. I'm not 100% confident in most of the bench players that we do have going into this 2019-2020 season. That's it, guys. It's been another episode of Four Quarters Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at... Drew goes in. Again, that's at Drew goes in. You can follow Cesspool at Cesspool Network and continue to show love to the podcast and myself and everyone else that is on this team. Peace.